Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 13 of Genesis chapter 4. And we're going to be reading Genesis 4, beginning in verse 13. And Cain said unto Jehovah, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. And Jehovah said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And Jehovah set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. And I'll stop reading there. Now we, in our last study, we're talking about verse 13. Cain said unto Jehovah, My punishment is greater than I can bear. And we saw that the word punishment should be translated as iniquity. My iniquity is greater than I can bear. And that this whole incident, again, according to Genesis 4 verse 3, is taking place at the end of days. It's the time in which God is separating the saved and the unsaved, the wheat and the tares that were within the churches and congregations. As the year 1988 uh, was the 13,000th year of Earth's history, and it brought an end to the church age. And, and, and at that time, God opened up his word, the Bible, to reveal many things that were previously hidden, And one of the things that came forth to the light as the Spirit of God led his people to uh, learn these things was the doctrine of the end of the church age. And, and, And that is that God ended his relationship with the New Testament churches and congregations and commanded his people to come out to leave the corporate church. And and that became um, a mechanism that uh, by which God was able to separate saved and unsaved, or the wheat and the tares. And it and it it um, this whole historical occurrence of Cain and and the offering of Cain and Abel and one being accepted and one rejected, relates to that time. Because in the separation that took place amongst all those that were a part of the corporate church, God's elect were a part of the corporate church during the church age, and also um, those that were professed Christians uh, who gave verbal assent to being uh, of the family of God, yet were never saved in heart, were all living together, dwelling together. 
and, and going to worship together on Sundays. But when the time came and God opened the scriptures to reveal these things, then finally it became known that, uh, it, that God requires more from an individual than, than their words. He requires, um, a, a heartfelt confession. He requires that an individual have a new heart and a new spirit and, and not just words. Words are of no value. God looks on the heart. And, and, and as all this information was coming to light, then those within the churches began to feel rejected, began to feel, in a sense, like Cain, that his, himself and his offering was not acceptable to God. And, and so they got angry at their brother, their brother being the true believers, the elect that were within the churches and congregations, and they, they spiritually killed them. And, and this happened all over the world. So God here is recording this incident and, and then, uh, God curses Cain from the earth. We, we read, uh, due to the fact that Abel's blood was crying unto the Lord from the ground. And, and so since the blood was crying out to God, God responded and, and cursed, um, Cain from the earth. Um, and, and the curse, uh, was in verse 12, when thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. That is, it will not give you fruit anymore, but a fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. You'll be a wanderer. And we looked up the word fugitive and saw how it directed us to Amos, um, in, in a time of spiritual famine. People are wandering from sea to sea to seek the word of the Lord and yet cannot find it. That's being a fugitive. That's the penalty God has pronounced upon the corporate church and its inhabitants that are like Cain. They go in the way of Cain. They suffer the same punishment as Cain. They are cursed. They will no longer be fruitful. There, that is, there will be no more salvation within the congregations, and they will wander about. And, uh, you know, some true believers were involved in this for a time until we learned about the end of the church age. We wandered from church to church, and uh, according to reports, you, you, you would hear someone say, well, you know, I visited this uh reformed OPC church and an Orthodox Presbyterian church over in New Jersey and and here we are in another state in Pennsylvania and they would say and and you know it it, it was really faithful and and the next thing you know a couple of other families would go to that church spend a little time there for a few weeks and and this before we knew the church age was over but then after a little while, as you find out more and ask more questions, 
oh, here's here's another error, here's another high place, there's no difference, and and then you hear someone else, oh, there's a church up in New York, and, and people were willing to travel because in their own area they couldn't find a faithful church. And so they wandered, they they went from this congregation to that congregation, didn't matter if it was Baptist, Lutheran, um, uh, Presbyterian, Independent, what, whatever it was, as long as they heard a report that it's Reformed and, and they believe the Bible, they're teaching faithfully, and, and they would begin to go there. But inevitably, no, this church isn't faithful either. And so until the next church, that's wandering from church to church or sea to sea within a land that is experiencing famine. And the problem is that, that we didn't know at the time that a famine within the corporate church is a complete famine, a total famine, 100% of all churches are impacted by the famine because God's Holy Spirit, when he departed out of the midst of the congregations, well, now he's no longer in any congregation, and, and no matter what congregation you go to, without the Spirit of God protecting it, Without the Spirit of God blessing the Word, the faith, after all, comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, but it requires the Spirit to bless the Word to the heart so that there can be hearing, to open the ears, so there there can be that necessary hearing of the Word, and without that Spirit, you will not have that, and there will be spiritual famine, a dearth in the land. And that was Cain's punishment, that he would be a wanderer and a vagabond in the earth. And that's the punishment or the iniquity that is greater than he can bear. That is his sin that he must bear. And and we discussed that with the goats that were uh, the one goat, the scapegoat, released into the wilderness, bearing the sin of the children of Israel. It is the wrath of God, and, and judgment began at the house of God. God began pouring out the cup of his wrath, according to Jeremiah 25. It is a cup of wrath that will later transition uh, after the end of the Great Tribulation, on the day of judgment, on May 21, 2011, it transitioned to the inhabitants of the earth. But it's the same cup of wrath. So the people within the, the churches were experiencing the wrath of God. As, as a corporate entity, the, the church was bearing its iniquity. And then in verse 14, it says of Genesis 4, Behold... Thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And that last part is identical to verse 12, when God pronounced it, a fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. But here, 
Cain is responding to the judgment that God pronounced upon him. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day. And this relates to being driven out of the kingdom of God or driven out of um, yes, the kingdom of God, because the earthly church that Cain is picturing here was the outward representation of the kingdom of God to the world. But now God has broken the tie and cut off that relationship and driven them out, as it were, from the kingdom of heaven. And uh, the the Hebrew word uh, translated as driven, driven is 1644 in Strong's Concordance, and it's found in Exodus 34, verse 11. Observe thou that which I command thee this day. Behold, I drive out before thee the Amorite, and the Canaanite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite, and those are the nations that inhabited the land of Canaan. God's judgment was upon them by driving them out. That was a display of God's wrath of punishing them for their iniquity. And and then he gave the land to his people Israel, the land of Canaan. Also in Jonah chapter 2, it says... Well, I'll start reading in verse 2 of Jonah, chapter 2. This is when Jonah is in the whale's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto Jehovah. And he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out, and and that's the word, um, a translation of the same Hebrew word that is translated driven out. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet will I look again toward thy holy temple. And we know that Jonah, because Jesus said so, is a picture of Christ when he was suffering the wrath of God, and and Jesus said, as uh, Jonah was in the whale's belly three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, suffering the wrath of God. And, and so to be driven out of God's sight like Jonah was, and and that would mean Jesus was, certainly means you are under the wrath of God. And so Cain is accurate in his appraisal of what's going on. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And when we we read this, it doesn't uh, seem to make sense that he's driven out from the face of the earth because he he's still on the earth. He he even says that in the second part of the verse, he'll be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. Uh, so it's not like he's leaving the earth somehow, but but uh, he he does say that he's driven out from the face of the earth. 
Now, this is where it's important to look to the original um, language and, and, and to our interlinear, because in the English, we cannot tell the difference between the first usage of the word earth, uh, thou has driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and the second usage of the word earth. And from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and vagabond in the earth. They're identical English words, but they're different Hebrew words. And the first time God uses the word earth, it's a translation of a word that that is Strong's number 127 in the Hebrew, that is translated as ground, or uh, it's also translated as land. Uh, for instance, this is the same word that's found in verse 10 of Genesis 4. And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. That That's the same word. And also in verse 12, When thou tillest the ground. You see, it, um, Abel died, and, and his blood went into the ground. Cain worked the ground. He tilled the ground and brought forth fruit previously. And, and so the judgment of God, behold, thou hast driven me out this day and from the face of the ground, not earth, but from the face of the ground, he has been driven out. And from thy face, that's God's face, shall I be hid. But the second word, earth, when he says I'll be a fugitive and vagabond in the earth, is uh, a different Hebrew word. It's 776. In the first four chapters of Genesis, and we've gone through verse by verse the first three, and now we're into the fourth. In the first four chapters, the word earth in English will appear 31 times. 28 out of the 31, it is 776. In Genesis 1, when God creates the earth, it's 776, again and again and again. Except I think one time, it's 127 in Genesis 1, the the other word. So this word earth means the earth or the world. And and the other, where he's driven out from the face of the earth, that would have been better translated as ground or land. He's driven out from the face of the land. And really, that is pointing to the land of the kingdom of heaven or the corporate church, the churches and congregations. Now, the church is located in the world. It's not the world itself, but the land of the church or or the ground of the churches of the world are found in the world. And so even though Cain is driven out from the kingdom of heaven, and the, and the corporate church has been driven out from the kingdom of heaven, the churches and congregations of the world today, all over the face of the earth, they say, we're the church of God, we're the church of Christ, we are the Christian church, 
they they make this claim in church after church just about everywhere in the world yet from the perspective of god and from the perspective of truth they have no more association with god with christ with the kingdom of heaven they have been driven out from the kingdom of heaven yet they're still in the world and and that's why we see the the presbyterian the uh, episcopalian the lutheran the baptist the catholic we still see all these churches on the street corners in the world but they have been made a fugitive and a vagabond they're wanderers and and they're moved away from god they they are not part of the kingdom of heaven they no longer represent they are no longer ambassadors for the kingdom of god god has driven them out and 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 even though they desperately want to to grab a hold and and to cling to the to god and and more importantly to them to the name of god and remember god um makes that point in in the book of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 4 in verse 1 and in that day seven women and the seven women here are representing the seven churches that in turn represent the entire corporate church in that day seven women shall take hold of one man the one man is the Lord Jesus Christ saying we will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel that is, we want our own gospels, we want our own doctrines, we want our own righteousness, we'll, we'll have uh, doctrines of tongues and, and falling over backwards, um, holy laughter, we'll have doctrines of easy believism, and we'll have what, actually whatever doctrine we please under the sun. And this will, this will be our own bread, and we'll have doctrines wherein we can uh, obtain our own righteousness by doing whatever doctrine we have devised tells us to do. And once we accomplish that, we will have our own righteousness. So we'll have our own apparel. Only, it goes on to say in Isaiah 4 verse 1, Only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. So we act like heathen, we believe like heathen, yet we desire one thing from you, God, the name of Christ. We desire to be called Christian, to take a name our reproach. And that's exactly how the world, the inhabitants of the world, views the church, that they don't know what God has done because they don't know the Bible, they don't know the abuse, the disregard, the various churches of the world have for the Bible in their doctrines and and so forth. And so they give uh, recognition to the Catholic Church as the Church of Christ. They give recognition to the Baptist free will church as the Church of Christ. They give recognition to the Pentecostal church 
that adds to the Word of God through uh, its charismatic leanings and, and receiving tongues and so forth as the Church of Christ. And, and so because the world, the world and the people of the world recognize them as the Church of Christ, they're completely well and fine. They really are not concerned that God does no longer recognize them as the Church of Christ. After all, God's invisible. God's a spirit being. God is removed from them because they have no spiritual life in themselves. Their concern, their regard is not with God, but it's with the appearance of things as they appear to the citizens of the world. If the world esteems them and the world gives them recognition as a Christian, then, well, that that's their main concern. You can be sure that if suddenly the people of the world were collectively, or a majority of them, were to begin to say to the church, we no longer recognize you as representatives of God because you teach falsely, that then the the various denominations and churches and congregations would be quick to call uh, gatherings and meetings and, oh, we must... We must correct this. We have to take a look at doctrine. We have to get ourselves straightened out and be, and reform and become faithful because their concern is how they're viewed by the people, by the inhabitants of the world. Their concern isn't God, isn't the spirit of God. It's not uh, right now. How does God view us? Well, God if they were concerned, they they would be shocked to learn that God views them as fugitives and vagabonds. He views them, like Cain, as spiritual murderers, those that have shed much innocent blood, and God has driven them out from his sight. They're driven out and hid from his face. And that's a, a terrible judgment of God, an awful judgment of God. It's a, it, it is a grievous thing for God to hide His face from you, and and yet that's what's happened with the churches and congregations. Thanks for joining us for E Bible Fellowship's evening Bible studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.